Hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Creativity in Music and Music Education podcast. I'm Richard Maxwell, and I'm very glad you're joining us here for this episode. Um, this episode features a CMAS student, Colin Martin, and it's a pretty interesting conversation. I feel uh, Colin and I took kind of a deep dive a little bit into his process, into his musical uh instincts, his uh, interest in all kinds of different things from classical through electronic. Um, we spent some time talking about how he has uh, learned to sort of morph his creative instincts uh, into things that he can control via various software, um, and maybe more importantly, how he's learned to use the limitations of the software to his advantage, uh, which is a pretty advanced skill um, and certainly something that's uh, reflective um, in the very high quality of the music that he consistently creates here uh, in CMAS. Uh, speaking of CMAS, the Arcadia High School Creative Musical Arts and Sciences program, you can always find uh, more information uh, on the program as well as the recording archive and a whole bunch of other stuff at ArcadiaCMAS.com. And without any further ado, uh, here is my conversation with Colin Martin. How you doing, Colin? I'm good. How are you? I am great. I'm so glad that you uh, were willing to talk to me. Um, I thought it would be interesting to chat with you about... Um, you're one of these people in the program. You've been here for years. You have been consistently just on a whole nother level musically. <laughs> um, just amazing stuff. Um, but you also are extremely kind of, and this is not a bad thing, but you're very quiet. You're very sort of to yourself, which yeah, is fine. True. I totally respect that. I'm not, this isn't like some sort of like public um, intervention to get you to be more. Um, uh, but it, it occurred to me though that, that because of that, um, you don't always necessarily get um, a deserved recognition, I guess, is what I would like to say. Um, which is not to say you even have given me any impression that you feel like, hey, what about me? <laughs> um, to some extent, the fact that you've never been like that is sort of almost even more evidence that you deserve it. Um, but I guess I also just kind of thought it would be interesting. I wanted to talk to you, honestly, about a lot of the musical decisions you've made in the last year or so, because um, my observation has been, you know, you came in a few years ago already very skilled as a as a pianist and very skilled musically in terms of just understanding how music works, um, at least in the context of being able to to play certainly piano and 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 how that would translate maybe to original material at least on some level. Um, and I remember the first pieces, and they're all over our archive. Mm -hmm. The first pieces that you did were really interesting and very compelling, and they were kind of like these multiple piano compositions that yeah. were very intricate um, musically and harmonically, but very, um, and I don't mean this in a negative way, but almost simplistic in terms of instrumentation. Yeah, it was. Um, and then something switched. And now you you seem to have headed yourself into this very interesting sort of like 8-bit, 16-bit, yeah. like 80s game vibe. And yet, underneath it is still these really intricate musical elements but the orchestration, I guess, has massively been altered. And I was wondering if we, if you don't mind starting with, I'm just curious 
where did that come from? Because it's really cool, but it kind of just showed up. At least my recollections, it sort of just showed up one day. Yeah. So uh, when I first started doing CMAS, I uh, I just hopped on GarageBand and I started like you know messing around with the MIDI controllers and everything. And uh, eventually, I sort of like. I wasn't a big fan of the MIDI controller, so I would just pull up the keyboard thing. And I remember I would just you would type. pencil everything in, and yeah. I just thought, oh, my gosh. Because <laughs> the detail is, I mean, it's it, good for you, but oh, man. Yeah. And so, then uh, usually I would, like, I didn't know, like, what velocity and all that stuff was, like, you know, just, like, messing with everything. So when right. I made these piano pieces, it would all be the same sound font, just, like, in different places. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. And so, so was it just more a matter of... Uh, I mean, did that change out of a frustration? Like, did you feel like you just wanted more musical control? Or was it more like, huh, I feel like I hear other textures now. Like, Yeah, it was like, so I sort of decided that if I can't, like, make things sound, like, natural in a way, like, I like a lot of the stuff I make is artificial. Okay. So it's like, I thought I might as well just embrace it. Like, you know, with okay. all the 8-bit stuff. And then also... I've also been trying to get better at, like, the natural stuff by, like, uh, so I'll have, like, a piano piece, like, on GarageBand. I'll just use the keyboard to the computer on there. Okay. And then, like, for every note, I'll just replay it over and over again, and then I'll change, like, the velocity, and then I'll change the EQ of certain parts. Right, right, and, right. Okay, so you're going in and essentially humanizing it. Yeah. Interesting. It'd be interesting to see what would happen if we hooked up maybe one of the weighted keyboards for you as a MIDI controller and see what that would translate to, if that might make you... Because it's weird, because part of me wants to say that would be more efficient for you musically, and it absolutely yeah. would be. On the other hand, because you're sort of reverse engineering it, if you consider the idea that that's just, you know, the velocity is simply one of an enormous number of MIDI um, elements that you can control, but essentially using the same process you're already using to change velocity, so part of me also thinks that in a way, what might be interesting to see is what else can you start messing with within those controllers. GarageBand is a little bit limited in that regard. Ableton um, is going to be much more expansive in that. Pro Tools is going to be much more expansive in that. Um, and every piece of software has its own like idiosyncrasies and whatnot. There's also something, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, they are finally going to release something, I believe it's over this summer, is if I remember right, something called MIDI version 2.0. Hmm. And there's a whole lot of different things that are being upgraded and changed. There's a lot of talk about simplifying it in certain respects, which actually kind of makes me a little anxious because I'm like, I don't want to lose control over things. Um, I'm hoping it leads to, and I have, I, as I'm saying all of this, I'm, I'm only making some suppositions based on, on kind of what I hope and the little bit I've read. So don't nobody take this as gospel. But a lot of problems with MIDI currently are that it works like functionally with tablets, but it, for whatever reason, the way like the iOS is designed, there's a lot of things that just don't quite line up yeah. in an intuitive sort of way. I'm hoping a big part of this MIDI 2.0 addresses all of that. Um, but, you know, whatever it is. But even regardless of what it does, I do think it's interesting the idea of you being able to get that that much of the the sort of very sort of nuanced little little bit. Do you feel like you're faster at that now? Yeah, definitely. Because like at first I was like, uh, 
So I've been using GarageBand for a long time. Like I downloaded it on my computer at home too, so I can just like mess around and stuff. And might as well. Um, yeah, and so I would like be like penciling in all of the like different notes, and it would take a while. But now I can sort of just like get used to it. Like if I have like a C and E and a G like right. lined up next to each other, and I want to change that to an F I can easily just like move like some chords right. down and just like you know I, I feel like I've definitely gotten better at that so it's interesting what like like do you almost like like we're sitting in a control room that has a fairly elaborate mixing controller to talk back and forth to Pro Tools and it does anything you want it to do I personally almost never use it because I'm so used to for years out of circumstance having to just grab the mouse that I my brain just doesn't like this would be much more efficient it absolutely would be but my yeah. brain doesn't reach for it it reaches for the mouse and then by the time I think of it it's like it just so I don't even like you said I just kind of embrace it yeah. is that kind of is that is that similar I'm just is that yeah because it's like uh so it I've sort of just like gotten in my own little pocket here in CMAS just like making stuff on you know right. like that software and it's I feel like it would be good if I was to like move on to something else like uh, maybe like doing more like complicated things on Pro Tools or Ableton, mm -hmm. but um, I think uh, yeah, that would definitely be better. But yeah, I've definitely well. But there's it. also something to be said. I mean, when people hear your music, there's you know I, I should not have used the word simplistic earlier. I was just referring to the instrumentation. Yeah, it's musically it has gotten. I mean, you're pushing the limits of what GarageBand can do at this point, and in some ways, you know, there's an easy argument. To be said, you know, oh, okay, let's let's get you know Logic and let's get Ableton or let's get Pro Tools or whatever, and that's valid. On the other hand, there's something very fascinating about the idea of pushing, like the boundaries of what something can do, because sometimes it forces, well, force. I hate the word force, but it generates, let's say, other creative options that if you had the quote easier thing, you would never even discover because it would just kind of do it for you in a, in a way. Yeah. Um, which is not to say you shouldn't use the other software. I'm curious, and you and I have briefly, we've sort of hinted at this in conversations before, um, and so I'm not trying to get you like, oh, we're on record now and I'm going to play this back for you like every day, you know, to graduate kind of thing, but have you considered ways in which you could move, or, or maybe move is not the right word, but in which you could take the concept of, say, either the older more, I would say, kind of hyper-classical stuff you were doing, which is I love, or the newer 8-bit kind of game stuff, but to do it live. Have, have you considered that? I mean, I know we've sort of, like, said it as a concept before. Yeah. Have you thought of what you... Like, how could we take the songs that are essentially studio recordings right now? Have you considered, A, how to either morph them or... Um, vary them or somehow to, like like what would it take to do them live like have you envisioned what that might be um yeah I, I would see it more of like a just like uh, doing a riff just like off the bat just like okay um, so like you know just like set up a chord progression and uh, then maybe just like a, a keyboard with like I'm not sure if it's like a I think it's called a modulator it's like there's this thing on GarageBand where like if you change it to like 
eight, then it will like make a more wavy sound, and then you can. Okay, like, yeah, yeah, you're so talking like, about modulation effects, sure. Yeah. So are you thinking in terms of like maybe that maybe is a possibility of a um, like a live looping kind of thing? Yeah, and then okay. like uh, adding like just other uh, like. Uh, so it would almost be like a performance piece where you would construct it in front of the audience live, in layers using the keyboard as the musical interface and at least right now thinking garage band as the the shell if you will yeah have you experimented with that at all um i have i don't have the like the equipment for that but okay. i do so we like, should we should work on putting together cuz we've got some gear here even that we could certainly loan out to you which without it you've more than demonstrated you're responsible I'm not worried about that but that might be something for us to consider then. The only other thing is, is as you're describing that, man, Ableton is just not, you know, sorry, Apple, but um, but Ableton really is what you're describing. It's really designed for that exact thing. It's, it's, it's that, I mean, literally, that's what it's meant for. So it might be a matter of trying to figure out how to either get them because you can run them sort of in parallel against each other to use, you can borrow effects from other, um, certainly in Pro Tools you can do that. I have to see if we should be able to make, there should be a way to, to fake it in in GarageBand too. But that might be something worth considering. Um, Ableton's version of that looping concept is just a little more intuitive. On the other hand, as we were just talking, you have gone so deep into GarageBand, probably deeper than anybody in the program ever. <laughs> and I mean that in a good way, that maybe the things that are intuitive, like I, that's why I was wondering about like in the typing thing, there comes a point where on paper it might be one thing, but in execution it doesn't really matter because the other thing is really where you're at, so who yeah. cares? And the other thing too is, and I think, I know we've talked about this in class a lot and in workshops, at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is does it sound good does it feel good that's true nobody i mean really we care about what equipment you're using and like how was that set up or mic'd up or wired up or whatever because we all like to geek out about that stuff but most listeners they don't know care and honestly maybe nor should they so i don't i mean but it would be interesting are you thinking that that would be by yourself um i i'm not sure it it would definitely be uh like less nerve-wracking to have someone else there with me, but, yeah, um, I'm not, yeah, I would, maybe, like, a. I would feel like it would be easy for one person to do it if, like, you could, I don't know, say a chord progression in the pentatonic scale. Right. Just, like, having one person do that after they've recorded, but, you know, just, like... So maybe, maybe, maybe it's a possibility of, maybe it's a combination of things. Maybe you have a sort of a sketch of an arrangement with certain elements that you know are going to happen in maybe a certain order. You don't necessarily know how many repetitions, let's say, of section A are going to happen before you go to section B, but you know that in general, section A will comprise these elements. You know B will come right after that, comprising these elements. And then in the moment, you kind of let things grow organically. Yeah. And again, I keep, I, I think Ableton is worth experimenting with in that, just because it, it lends itself to that non-linear approach um, more than any other piece of software, really. Um, it's, it's just exceptionally good for that. Um, 
they're also always, and this is perfectly fine, um, but they're always instrumental. Is that a, I'm afraid to sing, I don't want to sing, I haven't found a singer that I feel um, like fits with it? Yeah, I I feel like the type of music I do, mm -hmm. uh, the 8-bit, is, I don't feel like that would be good with a singer, unless you were to put, like... Well, I'm thinking, I, like, we could do vocoders, yeah. or... Um, it would have been your freshman year, but if you remember, like, Heather Duff, I don't know if you remember her or not, so Heather got really into the Vocaloid thing. Yeah. You know, so maybe we could look at some of those. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily be vocalist in the quote classic you know sense or classical sense for that matter given your other musical um uh, experiences but just the idea of maybe a lyric line or something um i've wondered sometimes about approaching it almost as though and i know you don't i i know you don't consider yourself a quote beat maker but i have wondered about approaching it from that context of as a beat maker and then looking for somebody to layer yeah. that kind of texture on top of it. I don't know. I, don't know. I just, I guess I'd like to see you experiment more with it if you're willing. Um, right. And we got kind of like a perfect vibe in the class to do that, that there's people we can pull in it. Cause I just feel like getting, I want to get it on stage before the end of the year. <laughs> I just, even if it's, even if it only happens at the last songwriter night um, and, it, and it's not, and it's imperfect. Yeah. But I feel like if it could just happen, you know, and maybe some lunch shows or maybe some of our evening concerts or something, you know, on the soundstage. But just I feel like, first of all, it's an element that I just think people need to be aware of that that is, exists in the program. But the other thing, too, is I just feel like, it, like I said at the beginning, you are just somebody who's, you have zero arrogance about anything you do. And it's so musically good that you really could have arrogance about it. And the fact that you don't makes me more like adamant that we need to do something with it like it just feels like now like at this point as long as you've been here and as much like every time I'm like hey we need another track for the EP and you're just like oh yeah here like they just kind of appear with zero stress and they're always these amazing things I just kind of feel like the fact that you haven't sought any kind of spotlight makes me sort of adamant that well no we're gonna we're gonna give you some of it <laughs> I, on your own terms obviously I'm not looking to like give you like a heart attack or like a nervous breakdown I just feel like the music's too good not to share it on another level with more people thank you um, as long as that doesn't completely word you out <laughs> yeah it's I've uh, I've always wanted to like add lyrics to the more orchestral things that I okay. create but I I'm just terrible at writing lyrics so do you have yeah. the melodies though yeah I have the melodies I just uh, because okay so maybe so this could be a really cool collaboration because I have a number of singers, um, especially in a couple of the other hours. I'm not that there's some great singers in here. Um, Paloma would be interesting yeah. to pull in, um, but her schedule has been so crazy. But that being said, if you've got the melody, I we've got tons of stuff. And it might be, again, it might be a matter of just getting yourself over that initial... Because my suspicion is, and maybe I'm wrong, it wouldn't be the first time, but you're saying I'm not good at lyrics. I have a feeling, based on everything else you've demonstrated and this intuitive way you have handling things so successfully and the, when, it, when, when you get to the end of that process, that it's very likely that it's not so much that you're not good at writing lyrics, it's that you haven't written them enough. And if you did some of them, I wonder if 
a little ways down the road, you would have a different self-assessment about that. Yeah. So, I don't know. Real quick, last thing. Obviously, pianist, obviously production, obviously very um, intuitive musically, lots of great musical instincts. What other instruments do you play? Because I've um, seen you noodle a little bit, and then I always feel like when you notice that somebody's noticing it, you're like, oh, no, no, I'm just playing piano. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that uh, may just be me. Well, uh, I, I do play the piano, and then uh, <clears throat> I've been taking uh, guitar lessons with my grandpa. Oh! For, like, I think a year now. But How it, cool is that? So I think that's why it's so easy for me to, like, buddy up with Austin, because I can see what chords he's playing, and I can just match up that with would make That would absolutely make sense. I need to get Austin in here for a podcast, too, before the year's out. Yeah, you do. I absolutely do. Um, next week, maybe. But, uh, no, but I think that's just, I was just thinking that's really cool with your grandpa. Like, just that must be so fun. Yeah. Forgetting about the guitar learning part specifically, just sharing something like that. Is he, is he, and not to peg on your grandpa, is he a good guitar player? Oh, we both just started, so it's sort of like we're at the same level, but, you know. So wait, so you're literally parts. taking lessons with him, there's a third person to teach her, or you're just doing it um, together going through like some books we're and things both learning it together uh, i also have my cousin with me as well so we have three people and then we go over to this one guy's house and he helps us learn like chords and stuff oh my gosh that's so cool i am so jealous of you to be able to do that that just must be the most awesome thing <laughs> oh that's awesome wow Colin, I want to thank you for talking with me today. I want to thank you for being in the program and everything you're doing. I really feel like we've got some opportunities that I want to take more advantage of on your behalf. All right. It's just it, the music's just too good. We got to we got to do more with it. Thank you. It's awesome. Thanks you. All right. Cool. Okay, so there we go. Another episode of the Creativity in Music and Music Education podcast. I really want to thank Colin for uh, talking with me. Um, a pretty insightful conversation, I feel. Um, and again, it's kind of nice to do a little bit of a deeper dive into a student's uh, specific creative process and to talk about uh, how all of that has come together in the past and, and a little bit about where he's headed in the future. Um, so again, thanks, Colin, Colin for, for the chat. Um, for everybody, uh, thank you for listening. As always, you can find the Creativity in Music and Music Education podcast on iTunes or wherever else you may get your podcasts from. Please subscribe and continue sharing uh, what you hear with others and, and talking about the program. You can always find uh, the Arcadia High School Creative Musical Arts and Sciences program at ArcadiaCMass.com. And you can always find me at RichardMaxwell.net. Anyway, thanks again for listening, and we will see you next time.